Okay. <clears throat> Nothing like starting an introduction out with a great big throat clearing. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Dorks Being Dorks, a Brewster Baseball Association podcast where we talk about out of the park and how it works in the BBA. I'm Ron Collins, the general manager of the Yellow Springs Nine, and today I have league historian and general manager of the Long Beach Surfers, uh, Stephen Lane, with me today. Thanks, uh, Stephen. Thanks for, for coming in. Hi, Ron. Thanks for having me. Uh, today we're going to talk about the All-Star Ballot, which I think is a big deal for us right now because literally as we speak, we have a All-Star Ballot that is open. We're one game away from, um, one regular season day away from the All-Star break. And so I think this is a, a fantastic time to uh, spend a little bit of time talking about how we in the BBA look at the All-Star game and the balloting and what our culture is around that. If, if you're up for that, Stephen, I think that'd be fun. That sounds great. Okay. So let me ask you just kind of straight off, how do you think about the All-Star game? Is it something that you uh, – how do you value it? I'll put it that way. I uh, I value it as a, um, you know, a, a, a kind of a showcase, um, kind of a more of a fun, fun kind of thing. I try to spread votes out around different teams. Um, you know, I don't want to have an All-Star game that's full of, you know, all the – the best players from the best team in one league. Um, I kind of try to spread the love so that we can get a look at at guys all over the league. Um, obviously, we do in the BBA, we do a similar thing to what the um, Major League Baseball does in, in that each one of our uh, championship general managers from the year before inherits the results of the vote for the starters, but then gets the opportunity to fill in the rest of the uh, roster. So I think one of the things in my mind, when I look at the all-star voting itself, it struck me when you're talking about, you know, loading up the uh, roster with all the people from one team. If that ends up happening, that puts a lot of stress on the poor general manager has to go in and fill out the rest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, not that I uh, have, have ever really been able to do that very often. I've only had two opportunities, and neither one of them. Uh, uh, one of them, I think, actually, the game o- overrode me. Maybe that's a question I can ask you. Uh, the way that we've done ballots in the BBA has changed over the years, right? We had OOTPOU that would give us the ballots for some time. I think we had one year where we did a just straight up, straight out. Uh, a listing from somebody, and now we use Stats Plus. How do you feel about those tool sets, and how do you feel about Stats Plus? This is our second year, I think, now in Stats Plus. Yeah, I I like the OOTPOU uh, well enough, um, and I I like Stats Plus as well. I thought the in-game was a little bit difficult. Um, I think Stats Plus is the best. The, the one downside compared to OOTPOU is that uh, after you vote... And I think this is because you might be able to change your vote after you like submit your vote multiple times, but you can't go and look at the live updating results like you could with with the online utility, um, where after you vote, it's locked in, and you could kind of check back in before the voting ended and see, uh, you know, see how the votes were were coming in. Yeah, I admit I do kind of miss that. That was kind of a, a fun aspect of it. Um, sometimes people talk about the the All Star Game in our world because, in the BBA, um, you're our historian, so you're obviously very steeped in the concept of what our history means. 
we have 60, I think next year will be our 65th year. I, I have to think about that. Uh, we got a lot of years of history, and every year we also go through a Hall of Fame process. And one of the complaints that I hear about people voting for, uh, for the All-Stars is on occasion people will use All-Star games as a element in their conversation about whether they're a real Hall of Famer, right? If they've showed up on the All-Star game 15 times, that says something versus one time or two times or whatever. Do you think about that at all as you're going about making your decisions? I don't. I really don't have any connection between All-Star appearances and and Hall of Fame voting. And uh, now, you know, people can vote for the Hall of Fame however they want. You know, I'm I'm definitely going to disagree with some of the ways people approach it, but everybody values all-stars and hall of fame credentials in their own way uh personally i i think that because of the way the all-star team gets compiled with you know guys who you know if you have a hot first half could push you know you could push off somebody who who is going to end up having a better year you know or you could have a player who you know is maybe playing a very uh, high offense position like first base who just happens to be in the same league with another player who could also be in a hall of fame track so you know you look at either they uh, are alternating years as all-stars or or one guy just always has a better first half and and he ends up ends his career with 10 all-star appearances and and the other guy who may be just as hall of fame worthy ends his career with one or two so that's you know that's just one of the reasons i don't really put it back that's kind of one of uh, ted's conversations about his uh, second baseman and claudio defazio is for years California has been a slow starter. Uh, recently, that has not been the case, but for years, California was a slow starter, and DeFazio was one of those. And his argument is that DeFazio ends the season being the best or among the best of the uh, of the infielders at his position. Right. So I, I always think that's kind of interesting. In the Hall of Fame voting, I would love to have something similar to what we have in Stats Plus, uh, looking at um, stats by position for a player, right? Yes. That's one of the things I like about Stats Plus um, is that you get a whole range of the statistical output of the players, whereas in OOTP, OU, uh, I don't think that was quite as uh, robust. So anyway, let me ask the game itself. Do you actually care about the game? You know, I kind of do care about the game. I mean, in in the sense that I will go and open up the box score and and you know, see what happened. Um, in the past I've done, done write-ups on it. Um, I, I guess I don't really care who wins or, or, you know, put too much thought into it, but I do, you know, I do like to, to take a look at it. And I like to take a look at the way my players did. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's always, you know, and, and it turns out some, some really interesting things. One of my favorites was last season when, uh, my, uh, second baseman Sloan Daniel who eventually won the uh the Gilstrom ended up playing the entire all-star game uh full nine innings in left field um for whatever reason so manager's decision <laughs> yeah <laughs> no actually um one of the things that I love about the game itself I don't like I, I'm with you I don't really care who wins unless unless my league wins in which case it's a very important thing um you know, the the thing that I like the most about the All-Star game is that if I look at it close enough, I can always come up with an interesting team news or two around um, 
it was either last year or the year before last, I had a team news about uh, Lucas McNeil and his wife and his wife being upset because Lucas was held out for most of the game. And I like the fictional aspect of what it brings to the league. But then I'm one of those guys that really likes the fictional, fictional aspect of everything before it's all said and done. Yeah. Um, I was thinking about uh, having some conversation about the way we went about actually assessing uh, our all-star votes. And it actually struck me, and we were talking before our little conversation here, that I think what we're going to do here is just step through either one or both of the leagues uh, kind of position by position. And I'd like you, Stephen, to talk about how you actually make choices. Have you made your ballot yet? I have, yes. Okay, so, and I have too. I posted mine um, openly on the on the board here the earlier this morning. Uh, what we can do, I think, is just kind of step through the positions and let's see how we agree and disagree on the way we look at making our uh, choices. Does that make sounds sense? Sounds good. Uh, you want to start with Johnson or you want to start with Frick? Yeah, Johnson sounds good. All righty. Um, start at the top, catchers. Catchers, all right. Okay, what do you do? What do I do? Um, normally, I'll uh, I'll just go and, and, you know, this Stats Plus is great with these sortable categories. So um, usually first I'll, I'll sort by war um, just to, to get a sense of who the top guys are. And one of my uh, fundamental beliefs about the All-Star game is that I want, you know, I want the best hitters. So, you know, after I sort by war, maybe I'll go and, and sort by WRC Plus and, and then WOBA. And if, if there's a, you know, if there's a big enough gap between the top guy and the, and the, the next guy, uh, as long as he's not a complete, um, cement wall, uh, on defense, then usually the top offensive guy will get my vote. For me, I, I always sort by war first, but usually I'm sorting by war. Uh, I like Ted and, uh, Kyle's conversation on one of their latest podcasts about war, right? Um, in this case, right, we look at Shag Hopkins at 2.2 or in Sin Mai, I think is how you pronounce uh, that, but I don't know, Yeah, is 2.1. Uh, 2.2 to 2.1 is not a value to me. Right? Even even to 1.9 with Francisco Flores, there's no... Right. You can't, you can't call those any different. Right, but I'll make that uh, initial quick sort because the jump to me from 1.9 to 1.5 and a half a year... Uh, uh, Charm City's John Smith is at 1.5. Uh, that's getting to the point where it's big enough that uh, unless I see something really remarkable in Sean Smith, <laughs> yeah, uh, it just says that I've, I'm down to three guys, right? Uh, Hopkins, Mai, and Flores. Exactly. Uh, and then I also do exactly what you just talked about uh, with looking at, uh, usually I, I use... Um, Weighted ones created plus versus WOBA. So what did you come out with uh, for your, if you're willing to share openly, uh, what did you come out with for your choice? Uh, for here, here it was uh, Shag Hopkins. Um, and that's, you know, it was a pretty easy decision because of that 18-point uh, difference in, in weighted runs created plus uh, from the second place, Francisco Flores. Um, Hopkins, obviously not the best defender on this list, but... The uh, the offense is just so so far above the other guys that uh, he gets the nod. I ended up actually going with Flores myself, uh, going against some of the my earlier comment about I do end up tending to focus more on hitters than I focus on defense. But I like Flores uh, from a defensive standpoint better. I definitely struggled between Hopkins and Flores. All I right, not, I would not argue with any of those uh, <laughs> any of those players. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad we've got a disagreement here on the first one. I think that bodes well. There you go. Let's go to first base. Uh, so, you know, same same thing here. Uh, look at the war and then look at the WRC+. And uh, this one was probably a little bit closer, but uh, my choice was Rutledge here. Why did you say it was closer? Uh, I feel like the gap between Rutledge and, and Manuel Martinez here is uh, a little closer than the gap between uh, Flores and Hopkins in the catching at the catcher position. Mm-hmm. I almost go the opposite way because for me, and I don't know why, uh, I don't I don't really quite get the weighted runs created plus uh, gap there. Um, uh, maybe it's a park thing, or maybe it's completely on the defense and the zone rating uh, thing. But because when I look at uh, the at the slash lines for Rutledge, they're just all better. They're just all yeah. massively better. The one that I actually debated uh, putting on, and this is for a, uh, the one I actually was was questioning, is Yancy Cravat. And the only reason that I would come up with him is his 30 home runs, right, which would make me feel like I'm voting uh, like a uh, standard <laughs> yeah. uh, all-star game because sometimes you'll see a guy with a, with a big gaudy number and I'm actually going to do that later on. Uh, there's going to be a gaudy number that will change my opinion on something. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. And I, I agree. That's I, I, home runs is the first counting stat that I'll go to if I need to break a tie. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm I would be all on board for uh, vote for Cravat. But I ended up with Rutledge uh, just because I felt like actually the gap to me between Rutledge and Martinez was was pretty large and. It, you know, he's a 50-point and batting average, which is not that big of a deal, but he's got a, what, a 19-point OBP and 27-point slugging gap between uh, Huntsville and Jacksonville. And Huntsville, yes, has his, uh, I mean, Kyle's got his uh, left-hander park, but Jacksonville is not exactly a hitter-poor park. So I just, I, from a park standpoint, that didn't uh, influence my, my thought pattern as much. Makes sense. Second base. Second base. Okay. Um, man, it looks like I'm uh, <laughs> probably just uh, looking like a real simplistic voter here, but I think that I think that I have a little bit of an explanation for it, and I might we'll probably see it later on down the ballot. But uh, Arbizo is my vote at second base. Clearly, there's a, a you know a, a argument to be made there for Koros. Uh, you know, maybe even. Uh, Cal Bacon, if you want to go that way, but uh, Arbizo kind of edged it out, and I believe this was because I needed to get a Jacksonville representative onto my ballot uh, because Jacksonville was kind of edged out in a couple other positions where I thought that it could go either way, and I went I went the other way. If that makes any sense at all? No, it definitely uh, definitely makes sense. I don't generally tend to think a whole lot about uh, team breakouts. At this stage, I ended up with Pont Coros from Las Vegas, and uh, to me it was between Ar- Arbizo and Coros uh, fairly clearly. I, I didn't really get into Kel Bacon um, or Keith Dean as far as that's concerned. Those are the four guys that were that kind of passed the war uh, thing. And, you know, Coros is at 2.5 war, 2-1 for Arbizo. Uh, neither one of them are great defensive players before it's all said and done, so that didn't really matter. What actually changed my opinion uh, was Quant Coros's speed, uh, 57 stolen bases in, four, in uh, 14 caught steals. Um, 
you know, that's a, a pretty healthy success ratio. And at 57 steals, um, that brings something to the table that I'm not sure uh, we're going to find in a lot of other places. So so to me, I'm guessing that that's one of the reasons for his uh, war uh, improvement over Arbizo. Uh, so that was what actually actually swung it for me. Yeah, that's definitely a, a, a good argument. That's that 57 stolen bases over you know over twice as much as the the next closest there so yeah and so i'm going to be really this is when i'm going to be interested to see what the population actually uh how 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 they go uh, i'm not sure that uh, our population in the bba is uh, that excited about stolen bases anymore uh, all of them pale in relation to mons raider <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i may be an outlier there i'm i'm interested to see how that goes let's talk about third base third base um I've got a, a vote for uh, Mark Dempsey of Montreal, uh, and this uh, this one, uh, Karlamov kind of put up a fight. You know, he's got the uh, he's got the on base, um, but in the end, I went with Dempsey and, and Nabor- David Naboru is um, you know is kind of right there, but uh, that OBP is just didn't quite do it for me. Yeah, that you know when we talk about doing the war split, right? You get Naburo at two point six at the top. In a world where I just kind of scan it and go, he'd be a obvious one for me to pick too because he's got the name recognition. I mean, absolutely, it's David freaking Naburo. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, when you you mentioned that his uh, on base percentage, that two ninety two on base percentage is dramatically off, and then you look at why is he at 2.6 and he's got his 32 homers, which is obviously the big gun and his own rating is good. So his defense is good. You could argue that David Navarro would work in the context of what an all-star game is, especially in real life. Uh, but I thought Mark Dempsey was the clear and, and obvious winner as far as that's concerned. So we're on the same page there. Yeah. Shortstop. This is where my gaudy number. Ah, okay. Hmm. Let me see if I can look at you. Look for your gaudy number. Oh, I don't see it. So, uh, do you wanna? Do you wanna? Do you wanna give that out or? That gaudy number is thirteen point two, which is Dash R Fairborn's zone rating halfway through the year. That is an insane zone rating for a shortstop at the All Star break. That is an insane zone rating for a shortstop. In any normal year, I would pick Alex Ramirez in almost a heartbeat because that 3.1 war and uh, his 140 weighted runs created. Um, for me, I picked Daniel R. Fairborn because I don't know that I've ever seen that kind of a zone rating in a half of a year. And I trust uh, that Alex Ramirez will be added onto the roster at the end. <laughs> That's uh... I like that logic. I like that logic. And I'm just this, I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I don't think I paid any attention to the, the zone rating, um, here, you know, and maybe I should for shortstop, but, uh, yeah, Alex Ramirez was my vote. Um, just because his offense is so far and above anyone else at the position. Yeah. I mean, it, it, that's obvious. As soon as you do the war and the weighted runs created uh, splits that we talked about, I mean, there isn't any real question. And I acknowledge to Stu on the board, Stu, you're right. Alex Ramirez is probably the, the hands-on uh, should win 
the all-star uh, selection. But shortstop and center field are, are the two positions where I will actually look at zone rating. And on very rare occasions, you see something huge like this. And I just think it's, if this, conti- uh, Fairborn is 21, he's a young kid. If he keeps doing this for years, he's going to be a legend in the field. So we'll see what happens. I, I like that vote. Left field. Left field. Left field uh, has got, uh, you know, some good offense, as you would expect. Um, in the end, I, I just uh, went with the person who, who looks like he's having the best offensive season, and that's Justin Jackson. Uh, you know, he kind of checks all the boxes. He's got the home run. He's, he's got the WOBA. He's got the weighted runs created plus, uh, and he's even, you know, he's on top on war um, as well. So that was an easy one for me. Yeah, that's a ditto. I don't have a whole lot more to say about that. I like uh, Jacksonville's Victor Barista. I like Cheng Hyuk Cheng. Um, both of those guys are fantastic. Uh, Jean-Luc Lacaze, I'd love to have all those guys on my team, but it, at the end of the day, it seems clear that Justin Jackson is... Uh, the 23-year-old from Nashville is going to be heading to wherever we're holding the uh, <laughs> holding the All-Star game this year, in my personal opinion. Absolutely. Center field. Same thing. Best uh, offense here. That's Virgil, Sh- Virgil Schaefer in New Orleans. Uh, he's so far above anyone else uh, in in the offensive categories, and he's even you know he's even halfway decent in the field. Uh, certainly not the best, but uh, he's not hurting anybody either. Yeah, and I think you know this is an interesting case because we talked about shortstop and center field being places where I will look at zone rating. There really isn't any great zone ratings in the, um, you know, everything's between five and, well, minus five, not counting just once, and time is minus 13, which is so so bad that makes me have to think about going and figuring out why that's minus 13. How can you have a minus 13? Um, Yeah, I, I mean... Uh, Virgil Schaefer is uh, is in my opinion a no-brainer in this particular case. Although I would love to vote for Carlos Garcia, my old guy, uh, just because I think he's having a, a year that he probably uh, never expected to have. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 um, it's it's tough to uh, hold that vote back from uh, from one of your your favorites or your your former players, but. Uh... Yeah, yeah. And, you know, maybe now is a good time to take a very quick segue into Homer voting. Although maybe we can wait to do that until we get to the Frick. And we'll, yeah, let's, that'll be let's a better do that. Situation. I'll just make you the, I'll give you the note about Juan Santana. Uh, that's a minus 13.1 because he's rated with five range in, in the outfield. Oh my, and he's playing center field. Yep. <laughs> Shivers have just gone through my spine. <laughs> let's talk about right field. That sounds good. Uh, all right, here's a, here's a close one. Um, uh, definitely close if you if you look at the the, the wins above replacement. Um, and uh, I gave the nod to Henry Rechtenberg here on the uh, um, on the strength of his his offense, his his uh, you know top uh, 407 OBP, um, and uh, figured it was about time to throw a, a Las Vegas hustler on the ballot. There you go. Uh, yeah, to me, it was very clearly between Thad Meyer and Henry Rechtenberg. I went with Meyer, and my logic was after, I mean, I probably spent more time thinking through this one than I thought of any of the others. The uh, Rechtenberg had the lead, a very slight lead in uh, weighted runs created in Woba. Thad Meyer is uh, quite clearly a uh, an elite defender and a much better defender than Rechtenberg. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what actually struck me down uh, with Bad Meyer or, or with Rechtenberg is that actually uh, he's splitting his time between right field and left field, whereas Thad Meyer is playing uh, right field pretty much full time. So if Rechtenberg actually, I think, was in right field the full time, his defensive ratings would be even lower, would be my guess. Ah. To me, I, I, I actually was upset because I felt like they're like equal. And I didn't know how to how to vote, yeah. so I finally voted for Meyer because he plays right field almost exclusively, and Rechtenberg is splitting his time probably sixty forty. Right. Uh, that yeah. was my logic. Uh, That's good logic. Uh, this is one that I that I have some enjoyment in waiting to see how the league comes out on. Yeah, that's definitely going to be going to be a good one to watch. And that is something that I enjoy about the All Star Game and the balloting itself is I do like to watch what the league does and how they. Uh, interpret things differently from from me. We have a lot of very uh, educated and uh, thoughtful general managers in this in this league, and I can I can learn stuff just from the way people uh, people do their voting. So, yes, definitely. Designated hitter. Designated hitter. Uh, clearly, we don't have to worry about defense on this one. So uh, it's uh, just uh, straight down the line of. Uh, who's the best hitter right now? Um, for me, that was Bartolo Ortiz of Phoenix. Uh, not uh, he, He's not quite at the top on the home runs, but uh, the other guys that are ahead of him in home runs are not quite uh, on his level as far as the uh, on base. So that was a pretty easy one for me. Yeah, and there's a few others that I could, could uh, I expect will gather, gather some votes, but to me it was Bartolo Ortiz. I guess the only defensive thing you could say is pick the heaviest guy because he holds down the bench best. You know, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was where my vote was at. Uh, I could definitely um, support at least two or three other guys uh, getting votes. So uh, Mario Guerra um, is one that I considered a little bit. Jose Vasquez from Louisville is another guy that I was. I, I agree. Let's talk about starting pitchers. Sounds good. So what I'll do on starters is uh, is kind of uh, do the same thing, um, sort by war, just to, to get an idea of, of you know who's who's kind of on the short list. Um, that way, I don't sort by uh, by rate stats and end up with somebody who's you know maybe uh, a little shorter on the on the innings pitched or or something like that. Um, so from there, I'll go to FIP because I, I like to take a look at that and, you know, maybe I'll find a guy that's, uh, that's got a really good fit, but he's been unlucky and his ERA is a little high. And then, uh, and then another thing I like to do, um, which stats plus stats pluses had been great for, um, is I'll sort by the, uh, the strikeout percentage. Um, and then, uh, in combination with, uh, with the walk percentage that, that shows up, right next to it. I, I kind of just do a, a, K, a little K minus walk in my head um, and just kind of see, you know, who's, uh, who's really, who's really striking people out and, and who's not allowing the walk since, you know, theoretically that's, uh, that's two of the things that the pitchers have the most control over. There you go. I so, like that. I hadn't thought about that. Learn something new every day. Well, there you go. So who'd you come up with? All right, so my list is, uh, and uh, of course, you know, keep in mind that I, I don't, uh, I don't like to double up on teams if I, if I can avoid it with another, you know, um, acceptable 
uh, worthy candidate. Uh, so my list is Mauro Flores from Brooklyn, Arthur Dempster from Rockville, Egbert Benner from Jacksonville, Aki Kondo from San Antonio, and uh, your old friend uh, Lawrence Columbus Lelouch, uh, now in Phoenix. I did not actually vote for Lawrence Columbus Lelouch. You know, the ultimate problem, and maybe it's because he was hurt just a little bit too early. Um, the the bottom line is, for me, his, his FIP and his ERA uh, were not as strong as some of the other guys. And given that his uh, war numbers are uh, down a little bit, probably because he missed a few starts at the end, <laughs> uh, he ended up not... Um, it actually pained me not to... <laughs> to vote for him because um, it, it pains me to see him hurt again. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was with you with Flores and Dumpster and Boehner. Um, I included Francisco Ruiz from Brooklyn, and I did include Dan Cannon. It really struggled over Ali Kondo, um, or Aki Kondo. Just couldn't get him in there on the FIP. He, yeah, you know, I, I, I see, I see the point there with the FIP, and you know, also with uh, Lelouch, uh, his FIP is a little high, also. But you know, if you if you sort by the uh, sort by the strikeout percentage for a second, and then uh, you know, you look at Kondo, he's he's thirty two percent, thirty two point four percent Ks, uh, only six point three percent walks. Yep, that was interesting. Uh, which is just so far above anyone else that. Uh, he just had to be on the list, and Lelouch, of course, at that league leading three point nine percent walk rate uh, with a very solid twenty five point two percent strikeout rate. He just he seemed to, to deserve it. Yeah. The other guy that was kind of uh, the other two guys that were kind of on the fringe for me were Enrique Gomez and Riggs Carpenter. Uh-huh. I don't know how you pronounce Riggs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just Riggs Carpenter. Yeah. We'll just call him Carpenter. Yeah, there you um, go. I'm I'm expecting that that uh, that San Antonio's uh, rookie is going to be a mainstay in the All Star game here pretty soon, but uh, he was just a little on the edge. Yeah, he's a little too much walks for me, but uh, definitely. I'm gonna have to yeah. think a little bit about Condo. Uh, your uh, K percentage to walk percentage uh, thing has got me. <laughs> yeah, he's really he's definitely an outlier if you look at K minus walk. Already, let's talk about relief pitchers. Sure. Uh, relievers, um, in, in sort of a general strategy, I, I like to look at guys that are, uh, that are throwing a, a lot of innings, um, and, uh, um, you know, keep just limiting the runs and, and, you know, it's a lot, it's very similar to the starters, you know, are they striking people out? Are they limiting walks? Um, I've got uh, Luis Ortega from Montreal, Sean Huber in Las Vegas, Celio Marin from Rockville, Jose Olivas in San Antonio, and Jose Torres in Brooklyn. Uh, for me, relievers are a real shot in the dark. I mean, yes. I, I almost hate voting for relievers. <laughs> um, and it ends up, I end up doing a war thing, and that's never satisfying. And then I do a FIP thing, and that's kind of not satisfying. Um, I will say that on occasion, uh, this year there is not one that exists, but uh, if a guy puts up, you know, 25 or 30 saves in half of a year, I will sometimes do that for the base purposes of, you know, that's a pretty unique year. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like using saves uh, because that 
has all the problems that saves has. Yeah. Uh, but it, you know, if somebody puts up a gaudy number and something like that, and that is the primary stat of a closer, um, then then I will sometimes sway that way. But again, there isn't anyone that is really like that this year. We've got some 21, 20 save guys, uh, which are just kind of you'd expect there to be some guys like that. Uh, I ended up with Ortega, Huber. Um, I went with uh, with my heart on on the old guy, 38-year-old Steve Russell, because uh, his 2.71 FIP just made me happy. Yeah. <laughs> um, call me wrong. I'm fine with that. But I no, just that's... I just love that idea of him showing up at the All-Star game at 38. Perfect. Yeah. Um, I chose a couple of Mexico City um relievers in Aaron Campbell and Pedro Castillo, again, mostly for FIP-oriented purposes. Mm-hmm. You know, throw a bunch of guys at the wall and see who sticks as far yeah. as I'm concerned on this when it comes to the league. Aaron Campbell, definitely a good vote. Alrighty, so I think that runs us through the entire Johnson League. That was kind of fun. That was. Uh, want to spend some time on our beloved Frick League? Yeah, let's do that. I'm sure we'll have no difference of opinion on anything having to do with the Oh, no, league. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because uh, you, like me, just write down the entire Yellow Springs 9 roster. And, obviously. And obviously. go from there. <laughs> okay, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> let's start with catchers, and let's see where we go here. All right. Uh, catchers, uh, uh, gosh, there's just a, 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 a great... Uh, you know, candidate here, uh, Song Duk Sin, um, in Twin Cities. He's uh, he's got the defense, he's got the offense. Um, maybe you know, not quite as many home runs as you want out of your All Star catcher, but uh, everything else was uh, was did it for me. Yeah, he's pretty clearly the selection. Um, I debated uh, Vancouver's Hatha Papo. Um, Mostly just because you don't usually see a 400 on base percentage from a catcher, but uh, Sanduk Sim is so much above uh, Papo everywhere else that um, uh, that debate didn't last more than about three seconds. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I wanted to vote for Eric Fabre, my the guy that I traded to Edmonton back uh, some time ago, but maybe his time is coming another year or two. Um, he's he's not quite where quite where Sanduk Sim is right now. But that is actually something that, you know, we talked about before, some of the some somebody who's been on your team before or that you have a past history of um you know, you're you're kind of looking for a reason to vote for him in right. that sense. Um at least I am anyway. Oh yeah, I am too. <laughs> okay. So I think we're on the same page with catchers. Let's talk about uh, first base. All right. Uh, first base, uh, gonna just make everybody upset here, uh, and, uh, let y'all know that I had the Homer vote for Mark Simpson. Yeah. I just, I, I just couldn't help myself. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can, uh, I can justify it. Uh, well, I can't justify it. Um, <laughs> Taiho way, we should, should probably be the vote for everyone. You know, he's, he's got Simpson beat in, in all the categories, but, uh, you know, and maybe maybe this is the time to just discuss the Homer Homer votes. Um, you know, I I think that uh, the All Star Game should be fun, and uh, if uh, you know if it means a vote uh, that maybe not be a hundred percent deserved to uh, to a surfer, then then I'm going to do it. 
I don't actually have any problem whatsoever with Homer votes as long as they are um, able to be justified in some reasonable way. And Simpson is actually a justifiable vote. You can say that, well, really he isn't. Uh, it will shock me to no end if Tai Hoi is not the landslide winner of this. Uh, but that having been said, just like we talked about um, doing the war cut, right? Really, there's kind of three guys when you do a war cut because uh, yeah. Madison's uh, Nathaniel Barrel can arguably be called in the in the mix. And in that sense, um, Barrel's uh, weighted runs created in Woba is slightly a touch above Mark Simpson's also as far as that goes, right? Right, uh, but Simpson wins as a defender, and Simpson is the elite defender of the collection of people we're talking about here. I mean, he's a Absolutely. four zone rating above Taiho Wee, and it is justifiable to use that as an element of the of the criteria. If we were talking about me voting for Jose Garcia, that would be a <laughs> bad Homer vote, right? <laughs> That probably would be. Right. I, I cannot. <laughs> uh, I love Jose Garcia. He's doing exactly what I put him in place to do, but he is in no way, shape, or form uh, going to the uh, All Star game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, and, and we can talk about uh, Homer votes again in a, in a little bit because I'll probably have one that will be somewhat uh, questionable before it's all said and done. But all I right. can talk about why that's justifiable. And the other piece of it, um, quite honestly, is Mark Simpson is kind of a face of the franchise. Um, I will look at players who are outside of my organization also and consider whether, because it's not so much that I think about it from the context of Hall of Fame stuff, but the All-Star Game is a fame thing, you know, for those of us who are deep into the league. I like the storyline of the franchise faces being part of the game. It just, I don't weigh yeah. it very high. Absolutely. If you're going to, you know, if you're, if you're only going to have one or two guys from every team, then, you know, it, it should be the guy that, that is the face of the team. Yeah. If it makes, if it's justifiable sense from a performance right. standpoint, um, or, you know, like, um, I mean, I vote with my heart. I don't have a problem with voting with my heart. Um, yeah, and we're not we're not talking about you know the the Hall of Fame here. Sure. We're we're talking about an All Star game. There you go. So anyway, I I don't uh, I would not uh, hold you in any negative thoughts for a, a vote for Mark Simpson. I just don't think he's going to win. Oh yeah, I I don't think he'll win either. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> and quite honestly, that would be an interesting question. If I thought it was going to be extremely close, but Taiho Wee was the better player. Um, that's the point where a homer vote actually can possibly make a difference, right? Um, yeah. So that's a more interesting interesting question. Let us talk about second base. All right. So uh, second base, um, obviously there's a surfer on the ballot, so I have to uh, vote for... Okay, no, I, I, <laughs> I, I really couldn't justify that one. Um, but uh, it was a really, really tough choice. Obviously, you look at you've got Jared Jared Gilstrom um, right there uh, in competition for it, and that's you know that's probably the the biggest name on the the ballot. I mean, it, it's kind of stacked, honestly. Second base this year. Mm -hmm. um, I ended up going with the uh, the the youngster uh, James Monger um, uh, from Omaha. Uh, he just uh, you know, I, I think he just barely edged out uh, Gilstrom 
as far as the offense goes and and you know you take a look at the defense as well and he kind of you know tacks on a little bit there i'm completely in your in your same boat and you know we do a we do the classic war split and, and compare uh, Wobas and weighted runs created, and then I add in zone rating that shows Bunger um, is top of the top three. I'll add in Claudio DeFazio for California, right, when we talked about uh, talked about that at the beginning of this uh, podcast. And DeFazio is uh, getting on base at a 283 clip, which is in that game, and he's slugging at 422, which is a little low but not horrible. You know, here's an example – Maybe DeFazio in the season is the best second baseman in the league. I would tend to doubt it because I think James Monger has been the best second baseman in the league for two years. But at the end of the day, uh, Monger to me is clearly the the choice to make here. And if it were close, I'd probably go with Gilstrom for the same reason we talked about before because he's got the, the name thing, right? Right. And Monger's got more years to come, but it's, to exactly. me it's not even really close. Yeah, and and then and then you also consider that uh, Gilstrom plays for San Fernando. San Fernando is uh, choosing the <clears throat> reserves this year, so I have you got a feeling he's going to make it in. Yeah. The more interesting question is Mons Raider in that aspect because Raider's got the name aspect. He's going to be a legendary. I mean, he's twenty six years old and he's already <laughs> um, got the legend. He's got 78 steals this year, so that would be a gaudy number that I would not be shocked at people voting for. Uh, but I just don't think that he makes it in context of Munger and Gilstrom. Uh, so he yeah. may even be left off the All-Star team completely, which would be kind of amazing. It would be It would be amazing. It would be unfortunate, but uh, there's, there's a lot of second basemen that are deserving this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a big position these days. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's uh, talk, about, talk about third base, where the obvious answer is my own Rob Thomas. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's. I'm sure that's yeah. where your mind was at when you sat down to make your. Oh yeah, your definitely. Yeah. Obviously, it wouldn't have anything to do with Michael Best <laughs> from Long Beach. That I'm sure that probably never even crossed your mind to vote for Michael Best. Never. Never crossed my mind. And his four war. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be. Uh, I'm really interested to see who the league chooses here, um, because you you definitely have these two guys in in Thomas and Best that have kind of separated themselves um, from the rest of the pack. Uh, it, at least if you you know after you you set War aside uh, and you look at the offensive stats. Um, it's no surprise, obviously, that I voted for best, um, and I think that it's, um, you know, despite the um, second place in weighted runs created plus and Woba, um, you know, he's he's got a couple more home runs. He's hitting for a little higher average in OBP, and uh, yeah, I just had to uh, go with the surfer. Yeah, my actual honest, uh, I mean, I, I voted for Michael Best also because to me that there would, uh, you talk about the separation. I think Michael Best has separated himself from everybody else. I think the more interesting question is who will come in second between uh, Morales, Thomas, and Mendoza. Um, and I would actually, in my uh, in my heart, I'll pick Rob Thomas, but um, on a piece of paper with logic, I would go Emilio Morales. And the reason is that Rob Thomas is a platoon player. He cannot hit left-handed pitching. <laughs> Ah. Right. And so, um, yeah. <laughs> um, 
he's having a great year, and I'd love to see him. I, I'm wondering whether he will end up being an addition just for the fact that we need a Yellow Springs 9 guy in there, and we're having a tough year. But uh, if I were to say who's the best third baseman in the Frick Heartland, it would be Amelia Morales at Omaha right this minute. We'll see what the what the league does there. I, obviously, my heart is with Rob Thomas, and I hope that he does well in the voting, but um, it's, a, it's a long shot at best. Yeah, I, I, I see that. Okay, let's talk about shortstop. All right, shortstop. I think it's a fascinating position. Shortstop is a fascinating position. Um, you've got uh, um, a couple of guys that separate themselves with war, and then uh, you know three guys that kind of are at the top um, offensively. Um, uh, Angel Zalapa came out on the top of my ballot, mainly on the strength of his offense, but also with the tiebreaker of he is the only one of the top offensive players that actually has that positive zone rating, um, which when you're talking about second uh, shortstop is, uh, you know, kind of important. Yeah. And actually I have to, uh, I have to take a step back and ask myself and, and do some research, um, I think it's enough to vote for him anyway because I've got him on my ballot. You know, he's only played 55 games. Has he been hurt or is he a platoon guy? Um, my guess is he's been hurt. I don't think he's a platoon guy. Um, but um, he, he, Yeah, he was injured at the end of April. He was out five weeks with a sh- sore shoulder. Yeah, so if you look at it and say, okay, war is a counting stat, uh, his 2.4 war he's done in five weeks less than than either of the other two guys, and he's an actual shortstop in the sense that he's a plus zone rating, and his OPS, WOBA, wins run, um, weighted runs created are all stronger than the rest of the guys. Uh, I don't even think this is close. <laughs> you mean you didn't want to vote for J.J. McQuaid? Um, I did not uh, want to vote for J.J. <laughs> McQuaid. I love J.J. McQuaid. I wish he were $5 million and on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I would have paid as much as seven million dollars to keep him on my team, but, <laughs> um, but, uh, but once once Brett started throwing around the twenty million bucks and yeah. he moved over to Long Beach, it was he now fourteen or sixteen? I don't know what he's at. Yeah, I think he's down to about fourteen now. Yeah. So it's uh, you me, know completely completely affordable. There you go. But he's only only double overpaid. No, yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, let's go to left field. Let's do we that. Agreed with Zalapa, so. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, there were, were no surfers on this ballot, so I actually had to make a decision. It's so tight at the top. Um, yeah, I. Do you want to talk about this one? Because I don't. I don't know that I have a good reason for for my choice. I don't know that there is a bad reason for any choice here. Um, you do the. I like this one because this one's a pretty clear uh, break on the war split, right? You got three guys that are three point one to three point three. In uh, Luis Castillo from Edmonton, John Hickman from Seattle, and Ray Cooper uh, in Twin Cities. And I went with John Hickman. Um, the reason I went with John Hickman is, um, you know, their WOBAs are all uh, really close. Their weighted runs, uh, runs created are all really close. Hickman's on the slight top of both of those guys. Um, his zone rating is good, so his defense is, is equal, essentially, with Ray Cooper's there, 2.4 to 2.5. To me, this was just purely a very slight increase in WOBA and weighted runs created. Let's do it, because they're all three the same to me. 
yeah, that's that's who I went with, and and for 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 pretty much the same reasons. I would fully expect that the fans in Edmonton and the fans in Twin Cities will be voting their asses off for those two guys. <laughs> that should be expected, and and they they would certainly be worthy if they got in. Let's go to center. All right, center field. I mean, this one is just one of the easiest votes um, of of either league. You know, despite you know a little less uh, um, defense than I'd like to see out of a center fielder. Uh, Grant Lee got my vote here just because his offense is so far above everyone else that I thought he. He should be the representative um, from center this year. Yeah, I think that's uh, clear. Grantley is the best center fielder in the league right now, and um, I've been expecting that since the time that that, uh, Randy traded for him. (laughs) The uh, other piece of that is that if you look at the zone rating question from before, right, there's no just like super amazing defender to stand out and say that that minus two zone reading that uh, rating that uh, Grant Lee has is a real comparative disadvantage you know the closest you can get is who is it uh, Dennis French yeah Boise's rookie um, center fielder is at 6.4 which is a fine zone rating but it's not like 13.1 <laughs> right 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 and, and when uh, you're looking 105 WRC plus compared to a 145 WRC plus it just yeah, so there wasn't any real uh, any real reason to go beyond uh, looking at Grant Lee. So let's go to right field. Let's go. Um, so I, uh, I I gave you your your homer vote here uh, with Andy McKinney. I like you. <laughs> he uh, he's um, I I think uh, I think I really wanted to get somebody from Yellow Springs on the ballot, and uh, I could I, I could make it. I could make the case here, despite the despite there being two candidates from Long Beach, he uh, he was you know the the top offensive player by by a little bit on WRC plus and, and WOBA, um, and uh, not a not a terrible defender. So that's what did it for me. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, uh, this was a interesting one for me. Uh, obviously, I'm a, a fan of my my rookie kid. Um, he continues to astound me. Andy McKinney was not intended to play in the major leagues this year. Uh, he jumped from double A into the majors uh, purely because I had no choice when one of my other guys didn't pan out the way that I wanted him to. And the big issue here, this is a great example of the split between war versus everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Luis Maldonado from San Fernando, uh, Wilton Rivera from Valencia, both of them have a few more um, at-bats, plate appearances. Yeah. Uh, both of them hit for more power, and so they drive war uh, a bit. So there is definitely a separation from war's standpoint but then you uh, overlay that with Woba and weighted runs created, and Andy McKinney is the top guy on the list. At the end of the day, he's leading the league, I think, in doubles, uh, which is, to me, a, I know Ted uh, Ted and I have had some conversations about doubles before, I think, um, and, and the gap rating, right? Uh, a double is a pretty big deal uh, when it comes right down to it for me. It's one of my hidden secrets in Yellow Springs is if you look okay. at our at our best years, we're almost always leading the league in doubles or up in that very top uh, range of doubles. 
Yeah, I'm with you on doubles. Very, very underrated. Um, so I will fully expect that Maldonado or Rivera are going to win this because their war number is such a gaudy uh, delta that I think that's kind of a hollow, um, right? A, a hollow thing. And quite honestly, I would not trade Andy McKinney for either one of those two right this minute. <laughs> yeah, My, myself. <laughs> but then I'm, I, I admit my heartstrings are tied up in that conversation. So, of course. Anyway. Um, Thank you for your support. <laughs> You're welcome. Let's go to uh, designated hitter. All right, this one, uh, this one again, uh, purely uh, on the basis of, uh, of of who's the best hitter right now. Um, uh, even though I, I already voted for a, a, someone from San Fernando, uh, Moreland was just so far ahead of the pack, um, despite his uh, uh, plate appearance gap. Uh, with John Mick um, and his his fewer home runs, um, he's just uh, across the board uh, hitting a little better uh, this year. So he got my vote. Yeah, John Mick from Madison, uh, San Fernando's William Moreland are the two clear uh, candidates. I voted for Moreland for the same reasons that you voted for Moreland. I would make an argument for Chris on John Mack, however... Um, in that Mac is playing full-time, whereas Moreland is uh, platooning uh, most of his time, uh, which is one reason why his rate numbers are up. When he was in Des Moines, I think Ed had him hitting against left-handed pitchers, uh, which dropped his numbers uh, mm. to a degree, right? Yeah, that's right. So this will be an interesting one to see there uh, what, uh, what happens, because uh, Moreland's only got 296 plate appearances, which is what... Uh, 101 less than than John Mick. So yeah, uh, so I can make an argument for Chris. Absolutely. Starting pitchers in the Frick. All right, starting pitchers in the Frick. Um, this one, I, I I found that this to be a to be a difficult uh, difficult set to to vote for. Um, and uh, I I think I ended up. Uh, kind of doing a, a going with a mix of of guys that are uh, pretty good in FIP and uh, guys that are pretty good in strikeouts and uh, a homer vote thrown in, of course, uh, not completely undeserved, I don't think. But uh, I ended up with Pierre Legrand from uh, Long Beach, Bobby Lynch in Edmonton, Freddie Delgado in San Fernando, Miguel Ramos in California, and Stephen Taub in Hawaii. I think this is an interesting. Uh, I always I always find voting for pitchers to be difficult, especially when Yellow Springs does not have any real, <laughs> real <laughs> candidates. Because uh, I couldn't even bring myself to do the homer vote at this stage for uh, either Carlos Valle or Ernesto Ramos, as far as that's concerned. So that left me with five positions to fill. I voted for Bobby Lynch just because um, I want to see Bobby Lynch in the All-Star game. Yeah, um, I think that's a fantastic story, and he's worthy. Uh, he's on your ballot. Uh, yeah, I like your uh, your bit there about strikeout to walk uh, percentages. Uh, he's got a, a quite brilliant one. Yep, I included uh, Hiroki Rin also from Edmonton, uh, just because his FIP is so strong. Two point three two FIP is uh, nothing to uh, to choke on. Uh, he's, I think he's actually leading, but yeah, when they do a fit there, uh, he is, yeah. and then uh, Miguel Ramos and Luis Gracia, uh, California's two guys again are still top of the FIPS. Yep. 
So I went with them. They're also up on the war board, which of course is really dangerous for pitchers. I, I, yeah. And then I went with uh, San Fernando's Feliciano Rafael, uh, just because, um, I mean, it's his time. Uh, he's 12 and four. Win stats are gaudy, yes, but uh, still 12 and four is 12 and four. Uh, it says something about what he's doing for his team. Uh, the 3.12 FIP is not uh, is not bad. And, you know, looking at strikeouts and walks, 23.8 to 3.9, um, I can live with that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. No, no argument with any of those choices. Yeah. I, um, for, uh, for Rin and, and Gracia definitely would have loved to have them on the ballot, but I kind of just limited myself. Um, as I said, one of my philosophies is right. to kind of spread the love. Um, so I, I really, um, just wanted to get some votes out to, to some other teams instead of making the all-star game rotation, a, a California San Fernando rotation. Yeah. And I, and I like that. And I can make an argument for the guys that you just picked. I can make an argument for probably four or five other guys that are that we haven't even talked about. Uh, Pierre Legrand actually has an argument. Um, he's not just a flat out uh, homer as far as that's concerned. He's a, he's got some really solid numbers. Uh, Absolutely. 2.9 ERA is if, if a guy has a 2.9 ERA, he can go to the All Star game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Um, San Fernando's got Ernie Kinney, who's doing the similar thing uh, as far as as that goes. Jimmy Greenwood in in uh, Calgary is a feel good story, two point nine seven and a seven and four record in Calgary. That's a you know that's a that's a pretty nice performance as far as that goes. Yeah. So again, pitchers in particular, you can kind of go through and and uh, make a mix and match kind of a question. And that's actually one of the things I like about looking at the pitching numbers is that you can see an interesting scatter. So let's talk about relief pitchers. All right, relief pitchers. Um, I I decided to go really heavy on the uh, strikeouts uh, with the relievers this year. So that puts uh, Manny Gabriel, Lorenzo DiMedici, Carlos Delgado, Bill Piddick, and uh, Shotaro Kawamura from Seattle onto my ballot this year. We were on the same page with Benavides and Delgado. Um, I did not. I, I used basically the same kind of thought pattern on relievers as I do starters, with a probably a heavier bent on FIP. But like we talked about with the Johnson League, I break my rules all the time when it comes to relievers in particular. Yeah. I had the homer vote that I definitely went with Mamcillo Juretic. Uh, mm-hmm. Mamcillo? How do you pronounce Mamcillo? Uh, <laughs> Mamcillo. I think he's actually the best relief pitcher in the league right this minute. Unfortunately, he's also hurt. He's thrown 67 innings, and I was actually surprised when he got hurt because I actually maintained his, um, uh, his usage rate relatively. I- I've been working very hard to maximize his usage while not... Uh, getting him several days in a row and things like that. Um, so I just, be it a home pick or not, um, I personally just, I, I love him. I think he's a fantastic pitcher. He's thrown a 2.46 BAPA, uh, which maybe is lucky. I don't know, but there you go. Uh, I also have uh, Tiasuke Suzuki, uh, Edmonton's guy. Uh, I also have Shotaro Karamura and... Carlos Delgado's. Uh, did you have Caleb Benavides, uh, Boise's? Uh, I don't remember no. whether that was on your list or not. I did not. Okay. But, uh, um, he's, he's my fifth guy. Yeah, that's a 
So definitely a good picture there. Uh, similar kind of thing there. You'll notice that none of my guys are uh, necessarily big save guys. I'm not really looking for, for the top savers. I debated yeah, really strongly, though, about Jose Canales because he's got 29. Um, yeah, the, yeah. The problem was is his uh, secondary numbers to me were just so bad <laughs> that I could not justify doing the big hunkin' number, right? I mean, yeah, I can't put I, a 3.2, 4.65 FIP guy in over some of the other guys who, who I just thought were more worthy. Yeah, completely agree. I I I didn't even look at I, I don't even look at saves, um, and that's that's a that's a prime example of why why you shouldn't look at saves because if you you know compare the other numbers, he doesn't he's not even in the same same zip code as the other guys. No, I think it's fair if he were in the same zip code that you look at it and say, okay, does that you know does he hold a a particular spot on his ball club? Um, yeah. But, you know, you put one of the other guys that we just talked about on either of our ballots or probably several others we could go through, put him in those same situations that Canales is in, and they'd have their they'd have 29 or 40, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, All righty. So I think we've been through the, um, the entire list. Do you have anything else that uh, strikes you when it comes to our all-star process? No, I just uh, – I, it's, always, it's always interesting um, seeing who everybody votes for. I think that every year there's – there's a few guys that, you know, after the votes are all cast, I kind of look at and, and say, hmm, that was, uh, you know, I, I didn't consider him too much, but I, I find it very interesting that that the rest of the league felt that way. Um, well, and how much of that do you think is um, homerism? How much of that difference do you think is honest opinion? How much do you think is because, you know, unlike real GMs, we have other things to do in our lives, and so sometimes we miss things? Um, you know, I think, I think sometimes it's, it's just because I, I, I missed somebody, I missed something about somebody that made him all-star worthy. And I think sometimes it's just, uh, you get some GMs that are busy and maybe they'll just, uh, sort by war and, uh, go straight down the ballot with the, the highest war and, and, you know, it ends up being enough to, to get a guy in and, and there's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, and definitely sometimes um, times of the year where I'm really super busy and I don't have the time, and we do have a requirement to vote, right? If you don't right. vote, you actually lose points. <laughs> so if there is uh, a default and I only have three minutes and I got to vote, I don't have any problem with somebody doing a war split and just saying, hey, that's uh, I'll vote. I'll vote my home team and I'll vote for the best war, and sometimes I think that happens. Absolutely. And again, I don't have yeah. any problem with that. Overall, I think that the results of our all-star voting in the BBA relative to some of the other leagues that I've been in is just outstanding. Absolutely. I, I definitely agree. So uh, I don't have, I, I can complain day to day, moment to moment on anybody. And, but again, I think this league is just uh, outstanding when it comes to the passion that it brings and the knowledge that it brings. And as long as people have enough time to get into it, they do a fantastic job. Definitely. Alrighty, so there we have it. Those are the kind of ways that you and I look at things, sometimes the same, sometimes differently. Uh, sometimes we look at, well, one of the things I found most interesting was sometimes we look at it from the same process and still come up with a different name. So that's always fun. Yeah, it's it's um, it just kind of speaks to uh, to everybody's 
individual preferences and, and slight, um, you know, just the very small differences that end up making you choose one person over another. The Brewster Baseball Association is an out-of-the-park baseball league commissioned by Mr. America himself, Matt Rechtenwald, and competed in by an amazing group of outstanding general managers. Check us out at MontyBrewster.net. You have been listening to Dorks Being Dorks, a podcast where we put BBA GMs together to talk about out-of-the-park and how it works in the BBA. Music is Some of My Fears by Daisy May and is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Stars that will shine.